Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. Welcome you to join Bible Links to read the entire Bible in two years. I believe God will bless you, He will lift you up, and your life will never be the same. Exodus chapter 23 You shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many to do evil. Nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit siding with the many, so as to pervert justice. Nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall bring it back to him. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying down under its burden, you shall refrain from leaving him with it. You shall rescue it with him. You shall not pervert the justice due to your poor in his lawsuit. Keep far from a false charge, and do not kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not acquit the wicked. And you shall take no bribe, for a bribe blinds the clear-sighted and subverts the cause of those who are in the right. You shall not oppress a sojourner. You know the heart of a sojourner, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. For six years you shall sow your land and gather in its yield. The seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the field may eat. You shall do likewise with your vineyard and with your olive orchard. Six days you shall do your work, Seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rest, and the son of your servant woman and the alien may be refreshed. Pay attention to all that I have said to you, and make no mention of the names of other gods, nor let it be heard on your lips. Three times in a year you shall keep a feast to me. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread, as I commanded you. You shall eat unleavened bread for seven days at the appointed time in the month of Abib, for in it you came out of Egypt. None shall appear before me empty-handed. You shall keep the feast of harvest, of the first fruit of your labor, of what you sow in the field. You shall keep the feast of ingathering at the end of the year, when you gather in from the field the fruit of your labor. Three times in the year shall all your males appear before the Lord God. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with anything leavened, or let the fat of my feast remain until the morning. The beast of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Pay careful attention to him, and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. But if you carefully obey his voice, and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, and an adversary to your adversaries. When my angel goes before you and brings you to the Amorites, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I blot them out, you shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do as they do. But you shall utterly overthrow them, and break their pillars in pieces. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from among you. 
None shall miscarry or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my terror before you, and I will throw into confusion all the people against whom you shall come, and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land becomes desolate, and the wild beasts multiply against you. Little by little I will drive them out from before you, until you have increased and possessed the land. And I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines, and from the wilderness to the Euphrates. For I will give the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them and their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. Exodus chapter 24 Then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and to worship from afar. Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but the others shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with them. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain, and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he threw against the altar. He then took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people, and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet that it were a pavement of sapphire stone at the very heaven for clearness, and he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we return to you, and behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. Then Moses went up to the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses went on the mountain forty days and forty nights.
The following is the English translation of Pastor Meng Wu's teaching on the Book of Exodus, chapter twenty-three to twenty-four, translated by Ray. Read the Bible every day, so you will be full of faith. So today, let's read Exodus chapter twenty-three and twenty-four. Remember, in chapter twenty-one and twenty-two, it's talking about the rules, which is about interpersonal relationship, and then so God through teaching us to know His heart through His rules. And here in chapter twenty-three and twenty-four, God further open up His heart, and He wants. Us to further understand him even more. So here, when we are reading chapter twenty three, we can pray to God that saying that Lord, may you put your heart in me. I want to know your truth and your principles. Let me love what you love and hate what you hate, so that I can distinguish clean from unclean. And teach me how to live in your kingdom. So chapter twenty three is actually an indwelling life. It's a revelation to our life. So here, when you are reading it, please don't feel that. It's just talking about something outwardly or some very old. Um, value systems or perspective. Actually, here God is actually teaching us: if He abides in us, how would He face these kind of scenario? So here, let's read chapter twenty-three, verse one to three. You shall not join hands or fall in with the many, and you shall not be partial to a poor man. So here, it's telling us that how can we stand firm in truth? It's not that majority's opinion is the right opinion. Also, the perspective from a poor man doesn't mean that their opinion is the correct one. We have to base on truth, and it's not majority rules. And we shall not be partial to the weak ones, but instead always go back to the truth. So today we can pray to the Lord, help me that every single decision, every judgment, every thoughts. We can have God's truth to be the guidance inside me. And next, in verse four to verse six, is reminding us that God does not show partiality. So, if you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall bring it back to him. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying down under its burden, you shall refrain from leaving him with it. You shall rescue it with him. So here, God is teaching us how to heap burning coals on your enemy's head and how. Can we respond to the one who hurt us with love? And next, you shall not pervert the justice due to your poor in his lawsuit. God cares about truth. He cares about righteousness. He also cares about that we won't just look after our own interest, but also other people's interest. So even though maybe this person he hurted you, he hates you, but here you can ask God, thank you for giving me this opportunity so that I can respond in love. I can respond in love to those who hurt. Than me before, so here we can see God's will is truly wonderful. So here, when you are reading from verse one to six, it's very difficult. You have to constantly making decision, and actually, we are making decision every single day. Should we just follow what everyone says, or should I just listen to the poor man's opinion? Shall I help the one who hurt me because I see the rich doesn't look like they care? Shall I just perverse the justice for the poor? Every day, God is asking us to make this decision, and every. Single choices is actually testing our heart to see if we are truly grounded in God's truth. But here you might say that Lord, how do I know? How can I make these decisions? Maybe sometimes it seems like it's okay to choose path A, it's okay to choose path B, and you know it's really difficult. How can I make this decision? Then here we can pray to the Lord, say that Lord, may you be the guidance inside me. Unless you keep building me inside, unless your light. 
to guide me from the inside, I will usually make the wrong one. It's very easy for us to lean towards the evil one and to have favor or partiality to the poor one. And we will just do nothing when the one who hurts me need help. So here, verse 1 to verse 4, God clearly tells us his standards and he's encouraged us to make the right decision. And next from verse 7 to 9, it's talking about we shall not hurt the innocent and the righteous. And then next from verse 10, God is slowly revealing his heart to us. Starting from talking about all these interpersonal relationships, now he is talking about our interaction with him. Remember, we previously said that all God's rules is talking about interpersonal relationship, but his statutes is talking about our relationship with God. You know, at that time, Israelites were still very afraid of God and they still have this slavery mindset. But after we start know how to interact with people, we have to start move on to know God's heart. So here when we, maybe we lead someone to Christ, maybe we are pastoring our brothers and sisters, maybe you are a leader, pastor, spiritual parents, you really have to teach your children how can we know God in all our interpersonal relationship in our everyday life to see him because ultimately our goal is to enter into God's original intention. And it's through resting and waiting for us to restore our relationship with him. So that's why here in verse 10 to 13, it's talking about the seventh year you shall learn to rest. And on the seventh day, you shall rest. And in verse 13, pay attention to all that I have said to you and make no mention of the names of other gods, nor let it be heard on your lips. So here God is telling us that he cares about one thing. He wants his people to know that we care about the poor man, the widow, the orphans, and he really cares if we are following his truth. However, ultimately, God cares to have this heart-to-heart -heart connection. You need to step into my will. You need to step into my rest so that you can understand my heart because our natural busyness when i'm always dealing with interpersonal things when i'm dealing with all the businesses in my life if i don't follow the sabbath i would never enter into god's heart maybe you can have many wisdoms and principles in everything that you do and maybe you are also very righteous however if you don't wait upon him if you don't rest if you don't have sabbath if you don't follow the sabbath year you will not be able to truly worship God. And that's why in verse 13, it says, make no mentions of the names of other gods. It's actually telling us only when we step into his Sabbath, we will have this ability to wholeheartedly worship him. Otherwise, your work will become your God. And even if everyone told you that, oh, you are the justice uncle, you are, have so much wisdom, you are our leaders. But after all these busyness, you are actually allowing your work, your fame, your career, family, children to become your God. So it's really critical for us to step into from God's rules to into his statutes so that we can gradually our attention changes from interpersonal things into this intimacy between us and God. Unless we do that, we will always just be doing idol worship. 
I'm not trying to scare you, but here this is actually true. If I never learn, how can we shift it from just interpersonal relationship to our relationship with God, then everything that I do is actually worshiping idol. Everything I build will be the Tower of Babel. I would not be building the New Jerusalem. I will actually be building my own village. The thing that I'm building would not be church. So may the Lord help us remember previously God is talking about the decision making in our interpersonal relationship, a decision making about truth. But he here jump into a decision making regarding Sabbath, regarding Sabbath year. We also need to make an intentional choice about that because only through this can truly save us from the idol worship in this evil generation and bring us into an intimate relationship with God. So here you see from verse 14 to 17, God is no longer just talking about Sabbath and Sabbath year. God is talking about the three feast of the year. So what's the first feast here he mentioned? It's the feast of unleavened bread. And it's basically Passover. And verse 16, you shall keep the feast of harvest or the feast of weeks. And basically it's the Pentecost. And then in the second part of verse 16, it mentioned you shall keep the feast of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather in from the field the fruit of your labor. It's talking about the feast of tabernacles. So these three feasts are very important. It's all talking about to enter into God's intimate relationship, how to abide in God. And here, the feast of the Lord that we mentioned, among these seven feasts, the first one is the Passover. And here, it talk about the feast of unleavened bread is to remove any sin from inside and then help us to enter into God's salvation. And here, the feast of harvest is basically the feast of weeks. It's to receive God's abundant blessing. And it's basically Pentecost. And at that time, God will pour out the Holy Spirit. And the feast of ingathering it's basically Rosh Hashanah time, Jewish New Year, or Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And we have to step into the Feast of Tabernacle when God lives with us. So God really cares about these three feasts. And remember, all the timing of these three feasts are roughly around either before the harvest or after the harvest. So it's the time when your investment of the entire year, all the effort that you spend, when it's in your utmost abundance that you have to bring your children and your men to Jerusalem. So you can imagine this is actually the time when you need the most amount of manpower to do the harvesting. And it's the time that you need to have many men to protect your properties, but you can only have the women and children to stay at home. Then who can protect all these properties and who can do the harvest for all the crops? But here, through keeping these three feasts, God is actually teaching us one thing, to step into his schedule, his timeline, and also learn to trust God in every single thing with faith. Trust that God will protect, God will provide everything we need, and God is also challenging us. Are you able to lay down all these things to worship God in Jerusalem? He will look after and protect your properties. And he will also provide you all the abundance that you need. Through keeping the feast of the Lord, we can teach our children to have the fear of the Lord. So of course, your kids will have midterm and finals and 
for your job, you also have the busiest season in the year. But if those times collides with the feast of the Lord, and those times it's at Sabbath or the Sabbath year, the three feasts, all all these statutes is trying to do one thing is to tell us in our busiest time, in the most time that we have to spend on our work, God asks you to come and worship God. God's schedule is very intentional so that we can come and know his heart. If we choose to rest in his Sabbath and Sabbath year, then you will have the wisdom and the ability to stand firm for truth and all the interpersonal relationship, all the conflicts, difficulties, God is going to take care of them. So keep the feast of the Lord in these three timing to come worship God, keep the feast and all your properties God will give you with the early rains, the latter rains, and all the disasters or attack from the enemies or locusts, God will protect, God will resist them. And God is constantly challenging, testing our faith. So we need to make a decision. We need to make a decision for truth, for our time, for our money and our properties. So maybe your job is pretty tough. You might have to work on weekends or maybe you're studying is pretty a lot of workload. And maybe this weekend your classmates invite you to go finish your project, to study in library. You know, this is exactly the time we need to learn how to make decision. It's the time when parents have to bring their children to keep the feast, to go to worship God, rather than just telling their kids, saying that, oh, you guys go to church, daddy needs to mind his own business. Or you can also say that, oh, let daddy go to church. And kids, yeah, you should just stay at home and work on your homework. No. The entire feast, what God is trying to do, He wants us to come worship Him. He wants us to step into His schedule, His timeline, to enter into His kingdom. He will grant us the properties, the early rains and the latter rains, and either the locusts or the canker worms or the invasion from the enemy, He will resist it and He will protect. He will rebuke all the enemies. This is God's statutes. He's inviting us to step by step enter into this intimate relationship with Him, and we have to make this decision decision. This is what chapter 23 is telling us. And here in verse 18, it's talking about giving offering. So we shall not let the fat of my feast remain until the morning. It's telling us that when we are worshiping God, we shall not be dragging or being slow, but instead we should strive to grab hold of every single moment to worship God and to really worship him that day and worship him every day. And next in verse 19, the best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Basically, we shall not worship God in pagan's ways. You, we cannot say that, oh, the Buddhism, the Taoism, the Islam, other religion, they all do this kind of thing. So we are also going to worship my God using the same way. But God says, no, you cannot do it in the same way. And here, verse 20 to 21, God is teaching us how to really meticulously obey and submit, responding to the Holy Spirit, every single guidance in our life. Verse 20, Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. And so here it's talking about the to keep the feast in Jerusalem. He says that he will guide us, he will lead us. And next in verse 21 to 22, it's reminding us to pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him. Verse 22, carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, that I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. So this is God's protection. 
maybe you might say that oh now my work is so busy my Homework is so busy, but God says He will look after, He will protect you. And you might say, "Oh, is it real? If I don't do it, will other people do it for me? Don't be sarky. If I don't study, will someone study it for me?" But supernatural miracles is often beyond our own reasoning and our thinking. Sometimes God guidance He start from something that we can understand to gradually lead us into step into His abundance. As for the part that we don't understand, as for the part that we cannot handle, His signs and wonders He can supernaturally provide and protect. So for Christians, we have to always constantly experience supernatural thing and let supernaturals move and favor. To be the reality of our everyday life, we have to experience it so that we will know that when we obey in God's words, we will not suffer loss. And verse twenty three to twenty four, God's angel goes before us, and He will drive our enemies away. So when we are serving God, He will provide everything that we need, and He will rebuke, will drive away all the enemies. And next in verse twenty nine, I will not drive them out from you before you in one year. Lest the land become desolate and the wild beasts multiply against you, so God is actually following a schedule, a plan to gradually measure it to you. He is a responsible God, and see verse thirty one, and I will set your border. God is very responsible. Every single step in your life, all the intersections in your life, where to buy house, where to study, who you will meet, where to work, what kind of personalities, your relatives, every single thing, God has measured it for you. And also, you have your warfare to bat the battle that you need to fight. You have the pr- properties that you need to protect, and you also need to learn to make decision that Lord, either sh- should I rely on you or should I rely on myself, and also. When I'm facing all the challenges in my everyday life. Should I choose to worship you to seek your wisdom and power? You know, this is the border that God sets for you. He will keep leading you step by step and help you to step into your destiny. Otherwise, you know, nowadays many Christians don't really step into their destinies and they never reach the boundaries, the borders that God had measured for them. So when we keep responding to the Lord, the borders in our life will gradually be expand. And the destiny that God has for you, you will step by step walk into it. Otherwise, if you don't step into it, the beasts, the enemies, the challenges and difficulties, they will just always be there. And then you can only say, "Oh wow, see the promised land is so beautiful, but there are so many enemies and there are beasts, there are difficulties. I want to have it, but I cannot." So we really need to walk into God's schedule. And all those things that you think it's impossible, God will fulfill it for you. Next verse thirty three: You shall not serve. Their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. So God starts to reveal His heart and let us know, and then He will gradually bring us in front of Him. And next in verse twenty four is the time when we can rejoice and to give thanks and to praise Him. You know, here the experience of Moses, Aaron, and the seventy elders it can become the experience of me, myself, my family, my children, my family line, and also my churches. It's the time for us to. Be in front of God. 
Remember back in chapter 20, everyone was so scared, but here God is revealing to us and he's teaching us how to live a lifestyle to abide in him. Here, when we are reading chapter 24, we can pray that, Lord, may you guide me just like how you guided Moses. I want to live with you. I want to enjoy the glory of your presence. Here, verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. So God starts to call, and in the beginning, only Moses can come. And later on, Moses and Aaron can come. And now here, it's Moses, Aaron, his son, and also 70 elders can come. So you can see God, gradually, he wants to bring people in. He's not a God trying to rejecting us, but instead he is so longing to embrace us. But the key is that we need to understand his commandment. We need to understand his hearts. We need to understand his rules. We need to live out his image and we have to know his statutes. We need to live in his schedule, abide in his love. Then God can bring us into his will and his heart. So here, God did not call the captains or centurions, but instead God is calling the 70 elders. God called Moses, Aaron, and his two sons. So this is God's choice. So today you can pray to the Lord, may you choose me, may you call me, give me favor so that I can draw near to you, draw me near. Hey, someone will have this hunger to want to have intimate time with the Lord, to read the Bible, to like to pray. You actually need to pray for the hunger because our natural heart, we want to leave God far away. We need God to give us hunger so that we will want to draw near to him. So today we can keep praying, Lord, may you give us more hunger. If someone who has more hunger to the Lord, he will have even more hunger. And then the one who is has this intimacy to draw near to God, he will want to have God even more. And this is also God's desire. He wants us to draw near to him. And this is his love for us. Next verse two, Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. So Moses, here, we have to start from you first. God has to first obtain Moses, and next, God can obtain the entire Israelites. So dear families, God is wholeheartedly just want to first obtain you. Once he obtain you, then he can obtain your entire family, but he, it has to start from you. So today, please don't say that, oh, how come I have been praying for so long, but my family they never believe in Jesus. How come I have been praying for so long? But the seeker friends, they never uh, got baptized. Oh, today when you have these troubles, you have to first draw near to God because God wants to first bring us into his intimate relationship. And next, God will reveal to us to tell us how to guide our family, friends to know God's will as well. And next, Moses then come down from the mountain and Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And how did the people respond? All the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. But in fact, they did not follow God's words. Because after 40 days, when God called Moses to up on the mountain again, just in these 40 days, all the Israelites, they follow Aaron and they start to worship the golden calf. So we really need to humble ourselves and pray to the Lord saying that, Lord, may you have mercy on me. I cannot do that. You help me to guide me to constantly walk in your grace, to help me to live in your will. Then God will bring us to help us to see our own weaknesses, our insufficiency, our pride and corruption. And we can constantly ask God to use his precious blood to cleanse us using the 
water of the Holy Spirit, the truth of the Holy Spirit can keep cleansing us so that we can become a priest, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. So next in verse 4 to 8, so Moses made this covenant and here throwing blood is part of making the covenant. Half of the blood he threw against the altar and half of the blood he threw it on the people and the 12 pillars that representing the 12 tribes. So the cleansing of blood is part of the process of making this covenant so that we can be covered and cleansed by the blood so that we can come in front of the mercy seat boldly. And next in verse 9 to verse 11, after the cleansing of blood, then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up to the mountain. Previously, they can only worship afar, but now they can come to the mountain through the cleansing of blood. And here it's, they don't just go to the mountain until verse 11, they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet as it were a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for cleanness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They behold God and ate and drank. So God actually wants to have fellowship, interaction, and eat and drink with us. He wants us to enjoy Him, and He wants to enjoy us. So here, the first thing, we need to make the covenant, make the covenant through the precious blood. So today, you can also do it in your family to lead your children. If you are a leader, lead your small group, the brothers and sisters, that we can come in front of the Lord, access the precious blood of the Lord to cover us and cleanse us. And secondly, we have to learn how to eat and drink in front of God, to eat and drink Christ himself. Today, we break the bread and we take communion. That is basically we come in front of him and behold him and waiting for his second coming. Therefore, let's have communion be part of our lives to bring communion back into your family. Maybe your children, they are baptized, but don't just take communion when there's a baptism at church. We have to return to be like the early churches day by day breaking bread in their homes the lord will give us joy and add it to our numbers day by day those who were being saved we will truly say that lord you don't just live at church you live in my house you live in my family the thing that moses he experienced lord may you help us to also experience today you have chosen us you called us you made this covenant with us through your precious blood so lord may you help us to also eat and drink in front of you and here also set a time of family altar, worship time to lead your children, to break the bread, to worship, to enjoy God and to see his move. Then his glory will manifest in your family and your house will be a place where God can manifest his blessing, presence and glory. And verse 12, the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there. So now it's not just eat and drink. God wants Moses to have an even deeper intimacy with him. So today we can also ask God, Lord, may you also call me to wait and dwell within you. I want to abide in you even deeply. I want to abide in Christ, abide in your presence. Lord, you call me so that I can also have this same blessing. Let me admire your presence. Unfold your will and your plan in your heart. You know, sometimes after we read all these rules and statutes, we have to start reading the tabernacle. Sometimes we think that it's so boring, but you know, when we are abiding with the Lord, every single word from God, it's no longer some very difficult wording, but every single sentence will be his love language. So today we can pray that Lord help me to abide in Christ let me be cleansed by his blood and so that I can eat and drink in front of you 
And next, I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses, he stayed in front of God for 40 days. And nowadays in New Testament era, we no longer have this time restriction. We can constantly abide in Christ until his second coming. And so that we have to keep abiding in him. And here, what does it mean for the tablet of stone? And what does it mean to have the law and the commandment on it? Here, God is not trying to give us a restriction but what he has given us is that in this process when we abide in him god will give us revelation so here today we have to pray for these things whenever when we are reading the bible we start to feel that it's very boring and we see everything as a restriction oh we cannot do this cannot do that oh it's so hard to be a christian whenever we start to feel that all these laws are actually restrictions you can start to make this prayer to god god may you bring me into inside you let me abide in christ give me this grace so that i can abide in you i don't want to just be baptized i want to abide in you so that all these seemingly like a restriction laws you can start to see all these things are actually god's revelation in love his love language his provision of life and even he is actually revealing open up his deepest heart so this is a prayer that we can make so maybe today your sons and daughters maybe they don't like to read the Old Testament. They think that the second half of Exodus is very boring. And next, when we are reading the book of Leviticus, well, it's even more difficult. Uh, reading the numbers, oh, how does these names has any relevance to me? Maybe Deuteronomy, oh, all these themes seems like repetition. Why am I reading this? Oh, maybe it's better to read the gospel. It's easier to read the, the psalm and the letters of Paul. Oh, it's so difficult to read the Torah. Then we can pray this thing, Lord, may you bring me into your abiding love let me abide in your love so that all these laws commandments and rules will become the love letter god is writing to us and when we are reading it we can really feel the sweetness and the presence of his love and i'm actually being very serious when i'm talking about this okay next verse 13 so moses rose with his assistant joshua and moses went up into the mountain of god so here you can see that moses he still care about one thing and he said to the elders wait here for us until we return to you and behold Aaron and Hur are with you whoever has a dispute let him go to them so from this you can tell that all these people when they're under the mountain they just keep having all these disputes remember previously the people were saying that oh everything you have spoken we can follow but they actually can't when they are under the mountain, they just constantly have to deal with the disputes. Even when Moses, he's ascending the mountain and to worship God, Aaron and Hur still need to deal with their, all the disputes. So you can see if someone, he hasn't been changed by God, a slave will always just be a slave. We will only care about our own interests. We will want to voice for ourselves. We just want to have dispute with others. So, you know, if these slaves, they are not being changed, how can they enter the promised land? They cannot. So if the life of a Christians were not changed, they still have this heart loving the world and they still have this heart of the slavery and even a heart that constantly misunderstanding God. How can we enter the glorious kingdom? We will just having dispute all day long. 
else. So here when Moses, he's on top of the mountain, abide with God, enjoying all the love language, enjoying his presence, but he is still worried about the dispute among people. So God, may you have mercy on us. All your rules, if we don't enter into your loving will, then we will just use these rules to have disputes with each other all day long. And this is what has been going on in our education system as well nowadays. And next, verse 15 to 17, that Moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. The glory of the Lord, so note that there's a word dwelt. His glory dwelt on Mount Sinai, and here this dwelling is the word Shekai, and the glory is Shekinah. So indeed, the Shekinah glory, his abiding glory, filled the entire space for six days, and he only called Moses on the seventh day. So even for someone who has been abiding with the Lord, it still takes a process for us to keep abiding him, to keep being transformed, our thoughts, our mind, our emotion, so that we can start to understand his words so that his glory can manifest to me. So maybe sometimes we may have this prayer, but God did not answer. But you have, have you think about that? Maybe you just want God to solve this problem as soon as possible. But do we ever have this prayer saying that, Lord, I want to just love you. I can set aside my issue. I want to know you. I can set aside all these difficulties. I just want to have this intimacy with you. Spend time to have intimacy with God. And this is what God wants from Moses is for him to abide in him. After making the covenant, after eating and drinking, come and abide in me. And also after these six days, God only speak to him on the seventh day. Can you wait for that? You know, on the third day, all you see is just all the cloud. And same on the fifth day, on the sixth day, everything is just cloud. Lord, are you going to say something? But God, on the seventh day, he finally called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And God's glory at this time dwelt on the mountaintop like a devouring fire in the sight of the people of Israel. And Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So dear family, when we abide with God, it's actually helping us to step by step enter into his presence. And his heart, he's so longing to open up his heart to us. It takes time. We need to constantly willing to spend time in front of him. And here Moses didn't bring anything. He didn't bring foods for these 40 days and nights. So in these 40 days and nights, he is in God's glory to eat and drink Christ himself. When we are in the presence of God, we live not by bread, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So today, can we cherish his words and treat it as our everyday food. I have to eat your food today. I have to eat until I'm full. I need to understand your heart. Sometimes when we are reading the Bible and we don't understand it, oh, forget it. We're just trying to fulfill a religious duty. However, if you are still hungry in your spirit, then you will start eating the food from the world. You will start eating internet, YouTube, news, social media, all these things, they can really feed you well. So today, can we start to learn to eat the proper meal first? First, have God's words 
to feed me until I'm full, then we will find that all、oh, the earthly food can never enter into our mouth. You know, here the people of Israel they promised God three times, saying that oh everything you have spoken we can follow, but they cannot. Only for someone who is constantly abide in His love, abide in His presence, they will be able to know that He needs the mercy of the Lord. Only for someone who knows to abide in Christ, he will not boast on his own ability, but only boast about God's move and His work. And Moses was there for forty days. Remember, it only took God six days to create the heaven and earth. However, for God to teach Moses, so that Moses can teach the people to know His heart, it takes forty days and night. So next, when we start to enter into about the tabernacle, the entire process is actually constantly talking about God's revelation of His own heart. So today, either through how many cubits and all that, and what material, how you should arrange all that. Even though today we cannot see a physical tabernacle there, but today we can still step by step to enter into His love, His strategy, direction, and guidance. So today you can also pray to God, Lord, may You also give me this forty days and night. Now is February, so it's just still the very beginning of a year. Now today we can ask God, Lord, starting from today, these forty days, I'm determined to come in front of You. I want to have intimacy with You. I'll wait upon You. I will read Your words in these forty days and night. I will abide in You and help me to treat all the statutes, the rules, and Your commandment. I will see them as Your love letter. May You reveal to me so that I won't just see those things as trouble. I will not feel that oh, it's so boring. I don't want to read it. I will see Your manifestation of Your love towards me. When Moses entered into cloud for forty days and night to abide in Him, I'm so longing for it. Can I also have this, Lord? These upcoming forty days, I will hand it over to you. May you guide me, call me in the midst of the cloud, and I want your Shakina glory to be manifest in my life, in my house, and in my workplace. In these next forty days, I want to listen to you. Maybe you will next bring me to Exodus, to Leviticus. Lord, help me. I will enter into this knowledge of your love language. Save me. Help me from just the knowledge of the sentences. But help me to enter into your loving heart. Amen.